Arsenal defeat Luton Town at Kenilworth Road. They left it late, but it was great. Declan Rice popping up with a big, big goal. We'll bring you all the reaction here live from Kenilworth Road. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the programme. Hope you're all good. Hope you are all well. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we are live here at Kenilworth Road uh, to bring you some reaction to that one. I was going to do this in the morning. Um, as you can see, I'm freezing. You can probably see my breath sort of, you know, from the, the coldness, not because it, it kicks or anything. You know what I mean? Um, that's how cold it is here at Kenilworth Road. I'm sitting up in the gantry. I am frozen, but buzzing at the same time. We will do a much more in-depth review of this game tomorrow, but I wanted to bring you something. I wanted to bring you some kind of content this evening because I just got to talk about it. It was a dramatic finish. It was an eventful evening for the Gunners here. We talked earlier today in the preview show about how tough it was going to be to come here, how the crowd, the stadium, the surroundings would all be a leveller. Um, I told you that we were going to expect a, a really sort of physical approach from Luton Town and that's exactly what we saw from the very very first minute and the game kind of started quite I think it was a little bit dull if I'm being honest um, right at the start of the game you know Arsenal weren't creating much you know Luton had plenty of bodies behind the ball and they were trying to of course keep Arsenal at arm's length Luton weren't really offering that much as an attacking threat, I didn't think. And the game sort of sparked into life, didn't it, after a really poor back pass to Thomas Kaminsky, which put him under a lot of pressure. Um, he decided, instead of trying to clear the ball, instead of trying to control it and, um, you know, potentially starting to move for Luton Town, that he put it out of play, that he'd do the safe thing. And some really quick thinking from Gabriel Jesus meant that Arsenal were able to kind of take the throw really quickly, find Bukayo Saka in a good position. And his cutback was met by Gabriel Martinelli, who didn't cleanly strike the ball, but somehow managed to steer it just inside the far post and give Arsenal their lead. And at that point, I thought, we've broken the deadlock. We've weathered the early storm. The atmosphere in here was great throughout, but you felt like that might just flatten it a little bit. But five minutes later, Luton Town popped up with an equaliser through Osho, it was a set piece. It was a corner that came in from Luton's left-hand side, our right-hand side, and we just didn't defend it well enough. Osho seemed to get in between Martinelli and Jesus, two players that you don't expect um, to be particularly uh, effective when it comes to defending set pieces, and, and that levelled the score, and it set this place alight in terms of the atmosphere. Now, I talked about it from the beginning. I, I said to someone, I was texting a mate of mine before kickoff, and I said, this is a really tough place to come. This is a really electric atmosphere. It's not a big ground. I think there's about 10,000 people you can get in here. But the noise that they make, um, you know, I would say at times is probably louder than what you'd get. Sometimes at the Emirates, sometimes at Old Trafford. You know, it's a really intimate setting. You're, you're on top of, um, you know, the crowd essentially. Uh, you're on top of the pitch as the crowd, I should say. I know I'm muddling my words and all the rest of it, but I am absolutely freezing. I'll just show you around kind of how it looks at the moment because I'm up in the gantry here, as you can see. And this is the pitch here. Now, if you look, the touchline is there. You literally have to hang over uh, from your position, from your seat, um, <laughs> to be able to see who's got the ball when they're running down the touchline. Um, but yeah, it was 1-1 and you thought to yourself, well... You know, no need to panic. It's only 25 minutes in. We'll be OK. We'll be fine. Um, and then right on the stroke of halftime, Gabriel Jesus scores to put Arsenal back in front. And at that point, I thought, right, we've weathered the storm. We've had our scare. 
We're back in the lead now. We should be fine from this point. A really, really well-worked move down the right-hand side. Ben White clipped it into the box and Jesus arrived to head home from close range. But the start of the second half was just a disaster for Arsenal. It was an absolute disaster. And it was a disaster for one man in particular. And I know that there's been a lot of debate about the goalkeeping position for a long, long time now. And that isn't going to ease off after what we saw today. You felt like in the last couple of weeks that had kind of just gone away a little bit, that people were looking at David Raya and thinking he's a calming presence. He is someone um, that Mikel Arteta likes for that reason. He's someone that follows Arteta's instructions. He's someone that isn't as emotional, someone that's a little bit more serene and someone that maybe, you know, Mikel Arteta thinks he's better equipped to keep calm in the big moments and at the key points in the season. But his performance tonight, you know, with those two situations, and we'll, we'll come on to talk about them in a second, was really, really poor and left a lot to be desired. I can see there's loads and loads of you um, in the live chat. Thank you all so, so much uh, for joining me, by the way. Um, I'll come on to some of your comments in a bit. As I say, we will do a much fuller and deeper and more in-depth review of this, uh, of course, uh, later on on uh, Wednesday. I'll be joined by Mike Stavrou. He'll be back on the show for the first time in a long time. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, the reason I'm going to keep it brief is because I'm bloody freezing, as you can probably see. But anyway, um, the corner comes in for Luton's second goal. Out comes David Raya, gets nowhere near it. Adebayo rises highest, Adebayo heads home 2-2. And at that point, you're thinking to yourself, why? You know, why are we making this so difficult for ourselves? And I remember sort of thinking at that point, we're normally so solid from set pieces. You know, normally we handle them so well. Normally we defend them really, really effectively. And somebody was saying to me last week that one of the things they really like about Raya is the way he comes out and deals with crosses. I don't think we've really seen that from David Raya in an Arsenal shirt. If anything, I think that's the area in which he's looked the weakest. I think that's the area in which he's looked suspect. I can remember him coming out for a cross in Seville. Um, no, sorry, was it Seville? Was it Seville? Yeah, and he and he got it wrong and he ended up parrying the ball over the top of his crossbar. I mean, there's a few of them where he's come out for crosses and he's just not done well enough. He's not done anywhere near good enough and especially to justify the fact that he's in between the sticks. Look, that one was bad. And then Arsenal go, of course, um, down the other end shortly after the third. But I mean, I'm, I'm muddling up my words. I'm so cold. I'm sorry. But he comes out for the for the corner. He doesn't get anywhere near it. Adebayo powers home the header. Brilliant stuff um, from a Luton point of view, but from an Arsenal point of view, it just wasn't just wasn't good enough. And then the goal from Ross Barkley. I mean, just what eight minutes later, you know, he comes, he gets himself into the position, and it just goes completely underneath him, completely underneath him, which is just. It's just not good enough at this level. You know, you, you can ill afford to come to places like this where it's tough enough already. And again, I spoke about it, didn't I, in the preview to the game. I spoke about the fact that this was going to be a, a really tough task for us tonight, that we were going to have to be at our brilliant best, that we weren't going to be a, we weren't going to be able to give cheap things away and get away with it. And once the crowd got going and got behind, uh, of course, uh, the Luton Town 
players as they had done all game, but even more so when they had something to hold on to. You you worried about whether Arsenal were going to be able to find a way back into this game and even salvage a point. I have to say that. Thankfully, we went down the other end some three minutes later with Kai Havertz, who scored again. That's three goals in three, his last three starts for Kai Havertz. And we were back on level terms. But even then, you knew that Luton Town were pretty happy with, and why wouldn't they be, um, a point. And so they sat back and they sunk deeper and deeper and deeper. And when we got into stoppage time, I thought to myself, man, like, you know, I've, I've said in recent weeks that we should trust this team and that we should keep believing in this team and that you should believe in them right until the final whistle. But even I was struggling to kind of stick with that at that point because it just didn't look like there was any way through. We had a couple of half chances, Trossard shot that went over the top of the bar. Kai Havertz's header uh, that Kaminsky tipped over, which I think from here, from what I could see, was probably going over anyway. Um, and, and you just thought that it was getting away from us. And I started to think, well, you know, we could have done with three points here to really put the pressure on City to go six points clear of them ahead of their trip to Aston Villa. Then we go to Villa at the weekend and we got Brighton coming up and we got Liverpool away coming up as well. And you just felt like this was not the time and not the place to drop points. But this team kept going. They kept pushing. They kept fighting as they do. And it was an unlikely hero, really, in Declan Rice, uh, who managed to get on the end of a wonderful, by the way, Martin Odegaard delivery uh, from the angle. It did take a nick off the defender's head, I think, as it went in. But Kaminsky, diving to his left, just couldn't keep it out. And um, that away end, I can tell you, went absolutely mad. Absolutely mental. The Luton... Uh, supporters didn't like it. They hated it. They hated the fact that Arsenal had got the goal. Um, you know, understandable that they'd be heartbroken and disappointed given that they'd put so much in um, and so much effort in. But they were not happy with the way that Arsenal was celebrating. They were not happy with the way that um, the Arsenal players, the staff and everybody else was reacting. And listening to people speaking here on the gantry, the general consensus from those that are either of a Luton persuasion or of a neutral persuasion. And I don't know how neutral people can be because um, I'm sure they've got allegiances somewhere along the line. But you just got the fact that you just got the feeling that people were sick to the stomach that Arsenal had gone on and won that. And you know what? I love it. I love that us against the world mentality. I love that people look at us and they just think, wow, this is a formidable force that just cannot be moved. Um, you know, because every time you think they're down and out, every time you think something's getting away from them, they manage to dig something out. They manage to pull something out of the bag. Now, in the wider context and in the bigger picture, you can't afford to be in that situation week in, week out, because eventually it will catch up with you, right? Eventually, um, you know, you will come unstuck. You're not going to be able to dig out late winners, um, late equalizers every single week. So we've got to do better generally. But the reason I felt so disappointed with the position that we found ourselves in when we were 3-2 down was because I actually thought that our attacking play up until that point, between maybe minute 20 and, um, you know, up until the point that we were 3-2 down, I thought we looked quite threatening. I thought we looked quite dangerous. You know, the Martinelli goal, really well worked. Quick thinking again, Jesus, when people ask you what he brings to the team, he brings you that energy, the work rate, the intensity that never drops. Even when the ball goes out of play as a footballer, it's very easy to drop your intensity, to switch off for a second, to try and take that opportunity to have a breather. But no, Jesus was on it. He was over to the far side. He picked up the ball. He got on with it quickly and Arsenal scored a goal from it. And then he pops up and scores 
a real striker's goal, a poacher's goal uh, for Arsenal second. And when pe you consider that people have been saying that he's not up to that job and he doesn't do it well enough and he delivers a goal like that, you think, great, happy days. Just defensively today, we were not at it, not good enough. And, you know, we've heard a lot of conversations over the past few days about Liverpool, who, of course, conceded three goals at home to Fulham at the weekend. And there's been a lot of people coming away from th that weekend saying, well, Arsenal are better equipped to go for the Premier League title than Liverpool because actually their defence is a lot better. Well, not on tonight's evidence. Really poor defending from the first set piece uh, that led to Osho's goal and really, really poor goalkeeping on two occasions from David Raya. Now, I've said that this goalkeeping thing, we, we kind of just want it to calm down and to die down. It will be well and truly alive again, that conversation, that debate, that discussion after what we witnessed uh, here this evening. But, you know, Mikel Arteta cannot keep picking someone who keeps making mistakes and tell everyone or sell to everybody that this is a meritocracy and that the best goalkeeper will play and that it's on form and that everybody's got chance and everybody, you know, has an equal crack at being in the starting eleven based on how they train, how they perform. For me, you know, it's at least got to be considered now that Aaron Ramsdale possibly, potentially plays at Aston Villa. I'm not saying that that is the decision that he should absolutely categorically, definitively make, because I haven't had any time to think about it. You know, I'm still in shock by what I've just seen. And I realise this is not the most in-depth podcast or analysis you'll get from me. Um, but I'm just reacting to what I've just seen and what I've just felt. And, you know, I've I felt immense disappointment from David Ryan. If you go over to my Twitter account or X account, whatever it's called now, it's just at Harry Simiou, you will you will find a video that I put up that was taken right at the final whistle in front of me where David Raya went over to Declan Rice and Kai Havertz and thanked them because they got him out of jail. Thanked them for rectifying his mistakes at the other end of the pitch. You can't have that if you want to chase for a title. You can't have that if you want to push for a Premier League crown. And so while people are, are saying in the chat, I can see a few comments that the performance wasn't good enough. I think the defensive performance left a lot to be desired. I thought going forward, we were fine. If you score four goals on your travels, you should be winning the game. And it's as simple as that. You know, it's as simple as that. We'll talk about some individual performances. Um, if we start with Raya, I've already said what I'm going to say about David Raya. So I'm not going to go through that too much. Ben White looked okay. Um, come back into the side, obviously. Hasn't started in a few games. Didn't look short of fitness to me. Um, you know, it was a real, real physical battle from the off. Saliba and Gabriel, you know, they did relatively well, I thought, tonight. They dealt with the long, direct uh, style of Luton Town. The set pieces thing, can you pin that on them? I don't think you can because neither of the goals came from where those two were directly defending. But I guess as centre-halves that you expect to dominate their penalty area, maybe you could look at them a little bit. Kivior did OK as well. I think the only reason he came off and was replaced uh, was, of course, because... Arsenal needed to or wanted to go on and try and find that winning goal. And in Zinchenko, they felt that there was a, a far more creative outlet there. And that made a lot of sense. Declan Rice was immense in midfield again and obviously popped up with the big moment of the night. Odegaard, I thought, was pretty good as well. Brilliant delivery in, uh, of course, for what proved to be the winner. But I thought he worked tirelessly, showed some nice touches. Um, Havertz was really good too. You know, another goal, as I mentioned, three goals in three starts for Kai Havertz now. He's fitting in. He battled. He was strong. He was powerful. He showed some really tidy touches. Was a big part of some of our counter-attacking play. 
in the way that he was able to bring the ball in and spin away from people, which I really, really enjoyed and really, really liked. So I thought he had a good game as well. Martinelli, although he got a goal tonight, not as effective as he can be. Um, and I think there was a bit of fatigue there. I think that's why, of course, he was taken off. Saka pretty good as well from the right-hand side. And Jesus, for me, was phenomenal. His work rate, you know, the, the fact that he was dealing with, in my opinion, rough centre-halves from the very beginning. And I do want to make that point. Like, I put a tweet out. I think it was around about half-time. And it was basically to the effect of... In fact, I'll read it to you uh, rather than trying to sort of remember exactly what I said and and trying to kind of, uh, you know, put it across in another way. I basically said there's being physical, competitive, and then there's Luton Town. I thought they overstepped the mark a lot. I really, really did. And I wanted the referee to clamp down on it earlier. I think, you know, the fact that they were able to get away with that, it fired up the crowd, it got everybody going. And I get that when you're a weaker side, you're going to try and level the playing field by being that little bit more physical, by being that little bit more robust. I get that, but there's got to be a line, man. It felt like a throwback tonight. You know, it felt like I was watching Stoke of 10, 12 years ago. And, you know... I'm not sitting here digging out, Luton. You know, I would probably do the same if I were in charge of them. And you've got to give Rob Edwards credit because his side seemed to be able to compete with the big boys even here at Kenilworth Road. However, um, they do seem to run out of steam at the end of games. They do tend to concede late goals. And I wonder if that's a consequence of them maybe just overdoing it in terms of the physicality with which they play. But look, I mean, it's a big, big win for Arsenal. It was celebrated... Um, a lot by the Arsenal supporters and as by the Arsenal players. And I, again, I could hear Luton fans and, and Luton uh, commentators and, and journalists that cover the club saying, oh, look at Arsenal celebrating like that. That tells you all you need to know about Luton Town. It tells you all you need to know about this Arsenal side, the character they have and how ambitious they are this season. They knew, they were well aware that not taking three points tonight could have a real adverse effect on their Premier League title hopes. They didn't they didn't settle for the draw. They didn't look at it and feel sorry for themselves. They didn't all look at David Raya and say, you know, you're the reason that we've dropped points here and and sort of shake off the responsibility. One of you makes a mistake. The others will dig in. They'll fight. They'll work hard and they'll try and get back in it to bail you out. That's what this Arsenal team is all about. There's match winners all over the pitch, all over the pitch. And tonight's match winner was sitting deep in midfield, decided to gamble on a cross from a deep position when Arsenal were chasing a goal. And he come up trumps. He come up trumps. Big game player is what the Arsenal official account tweeted straight after the game with regards to Declan Rice. And they were 100% right because he'd done it against Manchester United and he's done it here uh, against Luton Town at Kenilworth Road as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've pretty much covered the stuff that I want to talk about sort of off the cuff, the stuff that... I think we need to react to instantly. We will, again, I'll mention it one more time. We will break the game down tomorrow in a lot more detail. We'll do a far more in-depth analysis. And then uh, I'll be speaking to Mike Stavrou on our evening edition of the show. You're going to get two episodes of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast tomorrow. The first will be my in-depth analysis of this game. And the second uh, will be my chat with Mike Stavrou, where we'll touch on elements and aspects of this game. We'll also, uh, of course, take a load of your questions. We'll start to preview the Aston Villa game, which is coming up at the weekend as well. And we'll discuss the season so far with Mike, who hasn't been on the podcast so far this season, I don't think. Look, just a quick one. Um, 
There are over 500 of you with me live right now. And we've only got 136 likes on the board. Is there any chance that we can get that uh, up to 250 likes? That would be amazing uh, if we could pull that off. I am absolutely freezing my beep off. It is that bloody cold here. Honestly, it is freezing. So I'm only going to take a few questions and I'll do way more tomorrow. Uh, but if you've got any that you want to answer right away, then please do get them in the chat box. And uh, I do want to tell you guys uh, a little bit about something that happened to me uh, before the game. Um, so I got here, got to um, Kenilworth Road Stadium, walked up the stairs, got into the gantry area, and there is a media room. Now, it's not a very big media room, um, as you'd expect here at Kenilworth Road. And I walked in and there was Alan Shearer, Ali McCoy, getting ready for the Amazon broadcast, and none other than this man. The King, Thierry Omri. Um, great to have a very, very brief chat with him. And it was very, very brief. It was, hi, Thierry. How are you doing? Hope you're well. Can I get a picture? It was it was kind of that, basically. Um, and, uh, of course, he obliged and he was brilliant. And it was great to meet one of my heroes. And it's nice when your heroes are as nice as you, you hope they will be, uh, rather than just, um, you know, them just kind of being like, well, you know, go on then if you want a picture and then sort of, being a little bit apprehensive about it. Some people can be a little bit cold about it. Some of them don't want to take pictures, but Thierry Omri was uh, was great. Um, look at this. Uh, Thierry, um, Oisin says, Oi. Um, Matt says, Harry met Thierry Omri and somehow didn't mention it until now. I forgot because I was so bloody cold. Uh, Vlad says, nice of you to pose with fans, Harry. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um, what was that? Creambone says, Harry, can you give Omri my phone? You want to give him your phone or your phone number? <laughs> I haven't got your phone to give him, but I can give him your phone number. He's still over there. He's on the pitch. They're just wrapping up the uh, the Amazon broadcast uh, now. Look, I'm going to leave it. No, you know what? Let me take a couple of questions. Crypto says, which keeper starts against Villa? Oh, tough, isn't it? Tough one. Um, I think that it will be Raya, but I think that Ramsdale should be considered um, after what we witnessed from Raya tonight. If you want to create that environment where they're pushing each other, that's how it's got to be, right? You've got to bring one in when he's doing well um and you've got to be you've got to have the cojones essentially to take one of them out when they're not performing and you know raya will argue that it's a one-off game you know everybody will argue that it's a one-off game arteta will argue that but you know we've seen a lot of errors from raya since he's come in and you know at what point do you say well let's give aaron ramsdale another crack and another go you know it's going to be interesting isn't it uh, what else have we got? Uh, Afsar says, why can't we defend corners? Generally, we can, to be fair. Generally, we can. Generally, we're very, very good at defending corners, which is what made tonight all the more frustrating. I'm not going to um, go on about it too much because it, it, it felt like a bad night, you know, in, in that sense. And it's not a problem that I've seen over a course of a few games or over a number of weeks. So, I'm not going to stress too much about that now. If it continues in the coming games, then yeah, we'll of course have to have a conversation about that. But for now, it just feels like a one-off uh, bad day. James says, get Raya out. He's uh, adamant that he wants, of course, um, Aaron Ramsdale to return, uh, of course, to uh, to the Arsenal goal for that trip to Aston Villa at the weekend. Look, 
I'm going to leave it there. Um, I'm going to go because I'm absolutely freezing. I'll be back with you guys in the morning for a proper debrief of this one. And uh, we're going to bring you a second show, as I mentioned. There's lots of noise here. All the media crews are packing up. The lawnmowers are on in front of me. I will see you all next time. Uh, thank you for tuning in right after the full-time whistle here on the Chronicles of the Global Bye.